This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagistilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. This very special Easter message entitled, Lessons from the Tomb Site, is a powerful journey back to Calvary's cross, the death and burial of Jesus, and finally, His earth-shattering resurrection, as celebrated by Pastor Ray's Easter Sunday congregation, perhaps as you've never heard it celebrated before, desiring above all else to be God-correct and not merely politically correct. Pastor Ray boldly proclaims what sets us apart from every other religion. None can claim to have a God that rose from the dead, the ultimate proof that He is the one true God. On our way back to that empty tomb, we'll meet Mary Magdalene, first to proclaim the risen Lord, and thus the first evangelist, and the Apostle Thomas, whose lack of faith Jesus personally addressed with an amazing revelation about faith that all believers should get very excited about. Welcome to Resurrection Sunday and Lessons from the Tomb Site. John's Gospel, chapter 19, thought it was fitting to go back to the tomb today. Folks, the difference between Christians and every other religion in the world, and I know today there's this pressure to be politically correct. Well, I don't want to be politically correct. I want to be God correct. I want to be Bible correct. There's this move in America, you know, give everybody, you know, treat everybody, you know, all the religions all the same. Just heard something that they're trying to, they won't let the chaplains in the, in the U.S. Uh, armed forces pray in the name of Jesus. And I thought, dear God, there's something wrong with that. And uh, they're hoping that, that a new piece of legislation is going to end that thing once and for all. Um, every man, you know, they're saying that every man should be able to pray according to his own beliefs and so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is this, that we gather here today, we gather here every week, but today especially, to commemorate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other religion on earth that claims or could claim to have a God that is resurrected from the dead. That's what sets Christians apart from every other religion. That's why our religion, our belief, our belief system is is freeing and liberating and not putting people in bondage. You look around and you see all these other religions and everybody is, you know, in bondage to things. I look at, I don't mean to pick on the Muslims, but let's just talk about that for a minute. They got their women all dressed up with all kinds of things and, and, and they put them in bondage. Our, our religion is freeing. Our belief system is bringing freedom to people because it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So, so therefore, the thing that sets us apart is that Jesus truly absolutely resurrected from the dead on that glorious first day of the week 2,000 years ago. And that's what sets us apart from every other religion. He, he, he resurrected. Life came back to his body. He overcame death, hell, the grave, sin, the devil. He, he put an end to, to sin and the penalty of sin and the shame and the guilt that goes along with it. 
and, uh, and freed us once and for all. And that's what we are here today celebrating. So let's go back to the tomb for a few minutes this morning. And I like to call this this morning, um, we'll just call it lessons from the tomb site. So let's go to verse uh, 38 of John's Gospel, chapter 19, and let's just talk about some of the events and some of the things here. See if we can uncover some things and get some information and get some learning here today. Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, he was a secret agent. He was a secret believer. I, I believe that that spirit still exists to this day. There are a lot of people who proclaim and profess to be believers, but they're secret. They're in hiding. They, they're afraid to come to the forefront. They're, they're ashamed or they're embarrassed. They think people are going to think they're crazy. I don't understand how the devil has duped people into believing that serving and loving and being radical for Jesus somehow makes you a freako. I don't get it. I don't get it. God of all, the, of all the universe, the God of all creation, the God who, who gave us his word, his power, he, he, he told us in his word, showed us in his word how following him and loving him and seeking him could only bring good to a person, could only bring blessing to a man's life. But this, this man, Joseph of Arimathea, he was a secret agent. Let me say this, that every ungodly, unclean, unholy thing is coming out of the closet today. It is time for the believers of the Lord Jesus Christ to stand up and be counted, to stand up and be noticed, to stand up and get loud, to stand up, come on, and show the world that we are not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I want a better hand clap than that. Too many, too many believers are being wimpy about their walk with the Lord, being wimpy about their belief and their faith in Jesus Christ. It's time to get rid of the wimpiness and to get some boldness and courage and faith back into your believing and into your faith walk. So Joseph of Arimathea, being disciple but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So they came and they took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus who was at first came to, or who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Please take note of that, because this is very important as we investigate and look at the resurrection. It took about a hundred pounds of myrrh and aloes. Let me just explain what myrrh and aloes. Myrrh and aloes was a mixture of spices and a honey-like substance that when applied to cloth and left out into the air, began to dry or crystallize, and it becomes very, very uh, hard. And notice it says in verse 40, they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with the spices as the custom of the Jews is to bury. So we understand that Jesus was not buried in one sheet. He was buried in strips of linen, mummy style. They actually took the strips, dipped it in the aloe and the myrrh, wrapped his body with it, it stuck together, and then instantly began to harden uh, as, you know, as the air got to it. This is a very, very important uh, thing to pay, pay attention to as we look to the resurrection. And he says here in verse 41, Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been lain, laid. So here at the, uh, they said, uh, here they laid Jesus because of the Jewish preparation day for the tomb was nearby. Chapter 20. Now on the first day of the week, Sunday is the first day of the week. If anyone ever had a question as to why we go to church on Sunday, because it is the day that Jesus resurrected from the dead. So we continue, the Christians adopted this many years ago, continuing 
to uh, worship on the Sunday as a memory or commemoration of the resurrection of the Lord. So it says, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. A couple of things here. Mary Magdalene was, uh, this was a very brave and courageous young woman. Uh, First of all, for her to go back to the tomb at that hour of the morning when it was still dark out took a lot of courage. You have to remember that all the believers of that day that had walked with Jesus and believed were all in hiding for fear that they were going to be the next one to be crucified because they were, they were in fear of their own lives. But there was something different about Mary Magdalene. There was something courageous and bold and outstanding about this little woman who despite any impending danger, she overrode that with the love that she had for the Lord. And she went to the tomb because she was going to seek Jesus. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, you will find me, you will seek me and find me when you seek with, for me with all of your heart. And this, this little lady, Mary, was seeking Jesus. She thought he was dead. She didn't understand the fullness of what was happening here. But she went to the tomb because she just wanted to go be by his body. She just wanted to be there where he was because she was so grateful to Jesus for what he had done for her. Remember that Mary Magdalene was the one from whom he cast out seven demons. She was a tormented woman and Jesus set her free. How many people do I have in this house whom Jesus has set free? You see, there was a whole group that followed him. There was Peter, there was John, there was Timothy, there was this one, that one, Matthew. But none of them were at the tomb, but this little lady, Mary. She went to the tomb first. She had boldness, she had courage, she had faith. So it says that Mary went to the tomb early while it was still dark and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Pretty interesting thing about the stone. I've been to Israel, I've seen how this, I went to the tomb where they claim that Jesus was Uh, I have good news to report to you. I stuck my head in the tomb. He's not there. (laughs) So let's just settle it. Jesus is not there. But it's a very interesting thing, the way they close up that tomb and the way they seal it. There's a trough that's in front of the, the, the tomb, and it has a slight incline to it. And what they do is when they put the body in there, they roll this huge, and it is a huge, massive piece of stone, granite or whatever it is. They roll it down, and it locks into a trough at the bottom of this little ramp. And it is virtually impossible for anyone to remove that stone. The only way you'd be able to move that stone or remove it is by a team of horses or a team of very strong men that would have to heave hoe that thing with everything they've got. Now, the reason why they did that is because in that day, there were thieves that would go around and loot graves because people would bury their loved ones with some of their jewels and precious things, mementos. So what they, they came up with this idea or this way of locking these tombs so that no one could get into the tomb to loot and to steal. So it's virtually impossible for this stone to be moved. But the interesting thing is, and I want to point this out to you, that Jesus did not need the stone removed in order to come out of the tomb. He came out because his body was resurrected and now he was in his glorified body and he could just pass through masses pass through walls, pass through rock, pass through stone. It did not matter. Nothing. Death couldn't hold him. He overcame death. Now nothing on this earth could hold him back. The reason the stone was moved out of the way was not for Jesus, but for those who would end up at the tomb. It would be the proof they needed to look in the tomb and know that they know that they know that Jesus was not there anymore. Now, 
Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb. She thought they took the Lord away. We do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place all by itself. Now you study this out in the Greek, and what this gives you the idea, the, the, the essence of what is being said here, is that the garments were still in their fold, still in their fold. And what that means simply is that the garments were undisturbed. Now, remember what I said. He wasn't just wrapped in a piece of cloth and put in there. He was mummified with strips of linen. Now, you read down a little bit further. It's pretty curious because because it says in verse 8, it says, And the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw, listen, listen, he saw, listen, he saw and believed. He saw, what did he see? that caused him to believe. Well, my brothers and sisters, this is, this is basically what happened. If Jesus was in mummified condition where they wrapped him, there was no way for him to just throw, I mean, you know, throw off the garments. He just slipped right out of this cocoon and left that cocoon right in its grave where it was. He passed right through those garments, those wet, sticky garments with all that aloe and myrrh. And he popped right out of that mummy thing. He didn't just throw off the garments and throw them on the ground. He slipped right out of it. I'm going to tell you what, I think that's a, a great miracle that we overlook in the Word. People don't realize that. We, when we think Jesus rose from the dead, what are we thinking? Look at what happened. Look at the miracles that took place, you know, when he, when he resurrected from that grave. He just popped right out, just like, poop, came out of that. And I believe this, that he didn't wait for the angel to come and move the stone. He walked right through the stone and called the angel. So would you move this thing so it would be proof that I came out of here? I mean, we got screwy theology the way we, we look at things. Right? He just stood on the other. Okay, come on, Gabriel, whoever it was, move that stone. See? Resurrection power came upon him in that grave. It was there where he fought and won the devil and broke the power of sin and the curse of of sickness and disease and every other thing that we know. He broke it right there in that grave when resurrection power came upon him. Can I get a better amen than that? All right. So it says that um, he he went in and he looked. So what did Peter see when he, he saw that was a miracle? He said, nobody could have taken him out of this grave. They couldn't have pulled him out, you know, popped him out of this cocoon. Obviously, he did this himself. Obviously, he just escaped those, those strips of linen, those bondages. Let's call them bondages. You know, to this day, Jesus is still releasing people from bondages. When resurrection power comes upon you, bondages are broken. Things fall off of you. Nothing can hold you back. That's what happened in that tomb. Resurrection power came upon him. So it says, let's keep going. And it says, for as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Now the disciples turned around and left. But notice the next verse in 11. Everybody say this with me. But Mary. Say, but Mary. But Mary. Mary. See, look, look look at this love that Mary had for Jesus. Even though everybody else turned around, Peter, John, whoever else showed up there, they all turned around, they went home. Mary 
is being persistent. Mary is being faithful. Mary is, is being, listen, she, she, she is not going to give up until she finds Jesus. I'm going to tell you what, we ought to learn something from this little lady, Mary. How many of us got the Mary spirit? We need to have this spirit on us. We're, we're not going to give up. We're not going to back up. We're going to continue. When everybody else goes home, we're going to stand tall still with Jesus. Oh, man, that was a good place to say that. Come on, help me. This is my third time doing this. You better help me, man. I, come on, give me, a little, give me a little help here. So Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then she said to her, Woman, or then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. I like that. You see, resurrection power, the power of God, when it gets on you, it transforms you into a different person. I've read all kinds of commentary on why, you know, many people have taught and expounded on why she didn't recognize Jesus. And, and, and I, I think they're all missing it. The reason why they couldn't recognize Jesus is because he was in his resurrected body. The power of God had come upon him. Res- he, he resurrected from that grave and he was in his new form and his new body. I tell you what, that just teaches me something. When that resurrection power gets on us, it transforms us into different people. I don't know about you, but I'm a different person. I'm not the same that I was. I can, I can think back to a day many, many years ago when I was living in sin and living far from God and living in disobedience and rebellion to God. I can think to that day, but I can also remember a day when I finally surrendered and gave my life to the Lord and something was different. Something changed. I wasn't the same person. People would see me years later and say, well, what's with you? What's up with you? There's something different about you. Yes, I've been with Jesus and I bear the marks of the resurrection power in my life. That's what Easter is about. That's what this is about. This is about resurrection power. This is about the fact that Jesus died, rose again from the dead and gives us life. Gives us freedom from sin, gives us a place in heaven and gives us life more abundantly in this earth. That's what this is about. So Mary stood and, and, and had this conversation. Woman, why are you weeping? She said, because they've taken away my Lord and I do not know where they've laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Verse 15. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Man, let me tell you what. My God, we need this spirit in the church. My God, we are so lacking in this. Listen to the commitment that this lady has for Jesus. This little lady says to whom she thinks is the gardener, but she's, tell me where they've laid him. She thinks he's still dead. Tell me where they have laid him and I will go physically get him and bring him back to the tomb. Let me tell you what, this is true love. We think we know what love is. You don't know what love is. This is love. True love thinks it can do more than it actually can. True love is willing to go the extra mile. True love is willing to be, come on, inconvenienced. True love will bear the weight all by, them, all by itself. True love is not afraid. 
True love is not afraid to give or to do something that is bigger than them. That's what I learned from this example in Mary. She didn't think for a minute, how am I going to carry him? Let me go get some help. She said, you show me where he is, I'll take care of it. Man, we need this spirit in the church. We need this spirit in the church. It doesn't matter whatever has to get done, we'll get it done. Whatever it takes, we'll do it. Whatever it is, we'll be the ones. So why are you weeping? And she says, tell me, I'll go get them. Boy, I'm going to tell you, true love, true love. This is love. This is true love. Don't tell me you love God and you're not willing. You're not willing to do something that's bigger and harder than you. Bigger and harder than anything you've ever done. Don't tell me that. True love seeks to do whatever needs to be done. That's the example we learned from Mary. We need this spirit that Mary had. All the big boys, they were home for fear of the Jews. A couple of them recognized that Jesus, something happened here in that tomb. Mary hadn't yet understood the fullness of it. The other two did because they, Jesus had walked with them and spoke to them and told them in conversations that as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so shall the, the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. He told them, but they had not yet put it all together. She didn't understand that they did. They saw him believe, but yet they turned around and went home. But Mary was persistent in seeking Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. We need that persistence today. We need that persistence in seeking him with all that we are and all that we have. I'm telling you, that's what we need. Listen, don't don't let Easter be the only time that you think about the Lord. Don't let Easter be the only time that you seek the Lord. Don't let Easter be the only time you dress up and go to church. Don't let Easter be the only time that you, you even think about the resurrection and what God has done for you. Every day of our lives, we ought to be living this way. Every day, we ought to be seeking him. Every day, we ought to put Jesus first. Is everybody with me? So she said, you tell me and I'll go, I'll go take him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned around and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, don't cling to me for I have yet, I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brother and say to them, I am ascending to my father and to your father and to my God and to your God. So... He had not yet gone to heaven, presented the blood at the mercy seat of God, the foot of God, to pay the eternal price for sin for you and me. She said, don't touch me yet. I haven't finished my work. I'm not done yet. Just go back and tell the other guys that you've seen the risen Lord, that I'm back. I did what I said I was going to do. Here I am. Go tell them. Gentlemen, I hate to tell you this. I hate to admit it, but I have to admit it, that a woman was the first to preach the risen Christ. Mary preached the risen Christ. That's why, let me tell you, that's why I understand how some churches will not allow women to preach. What are you, crazy man? Jesus commissioned a woman to go tell of his resurrection. It was, now, now listen, I'm not putting the guys down, you understand? Because they did some awesome things too, but I'm going to tell you, this woman, she got that honor. You know why she got that honor? Because she was the one who was most persistent in seeking Jesus. This teaches me something in this day that we live. If you're persistent with seeking and honoring God with your life. If you're persistent with hanging with Jesus and staying at his side in the good times as well as the bad times, when it's easy and when it's not so easy, when, when, when you're willing to do it, when nobody else is willing to do it, when, when you fight the fear in your life, you fight, you know, the criticisms that people bring against you. I learned this, that Jesus is going to bless you with something really, really special. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com ny.com or wmca.com thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of god-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the word of god and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come god's word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors